Well, hello, uh, friends, this week. Uh, it's another edition of Already His Workmanship podcast. Um, I have Logan with me today. Um, Dell is off again this week. He is on vacation. His son is uh, going off to college next year and going to be playing football and a bunch of stuff. So this is kind of a last week where he could really get in time with his son before he's off deep into his passion for playing football in college and stuff. So um, we wish him well. And hi uh, there, Logan. How are you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm just I'm just thinking about the limited amount of time that I have left with my oldest son, uh, you know, as they start to drive and start to get their own life and dating and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, when, when I was, when you told me about Dell, it just, uh, just took my mind back there, but you got to enjoy yeah. and take the best advantage of things while you have the time. Yes. Uh, every week it's my goal to see if I can get Logan to cry. So, <laughs> Um, well, I won't keep tally of how many weeks you've succeeded and how many you haven't. So yeah, I won't keep tally either. Thankfully, we're not on video. So, um, but maybe we will be someday, and then you guys can have fun watching one of us cry when we talk about stuff. So, um, <laughs> this week uh, we are moving into the spiritual inventory to the kind of start working the things that help us gain free from like the past things that have happened to us or the past things we've done. Um, so this is kind of the emergency room part of a spiritual journey, right? Some of you are coming, will be coming in and you have a fever and it's just one thing. Some of you are going to roll into the emergency room like I did and you'll have a gunshot wound and then like 50 broken bones and like two sprained ankles and all this other injury that you had never taken care of like me and you know i had received all these like things when i was a child um and then i just made it worse and worse and worse and worse by my addictions so i i came in with you know a lot of baggage to be able to fix to start being able to um live the guy life that god wanted me to so um you know Let's go ahead and start off with prayer. I'll start off with prayer uh, for us, and then we can dig into um, our fun questions from last week. So, um, God, I just want you to come into our hearts today, um, into all the people that are listening. Open up our hearts. Allow us to see the things that we need to see, the things we need to take care of, uh, so we can be better disciples of you and be better husbands and wives and um and fathers and mothers and just be better people in the world helping uh love and care for a broken world and the people you put in our path in jesus name we pray amen amen all right so our questions from last week so um what things have you blocked pain from your past um you know basically like what painful things happened that you've been trying to block and keep away from or what things have you done to block the pain right that's kind of a double entendre uh question there but um for me like like it's easy if i even gets get the slightest hurt or 
Um, I can make myself into a victim really easy. Uh, you know, all it takes for me to become a victim is somebody cutting me off in traffic. Um, right. And they'll be like, oh, that's so wrong. And like, I have to be really vigilant about the words I use in my head. Cause if I'm saying that's so wrong in my head, um, that's a path for me to becoming a victim in my head again. And then I get angry, anger and resentment and kick back into all my old bad habits in an instant. Um, and I just have to acknowledge that and get back out of it pretty quickly. Right. Um, so, but that, that's what, you know, happens for me, uh, in there. And then when I'm having those days where I'm like really stressed out or really like, um, you know, just worn out and, and all those things, I try to escape, right. I'll try to escape into, uh, watching videos or I will eat to help my emotions. Um, but, but those are the things I do right now. Things I used to do were like, you know, obsessively play massively multiplayer online video games and play them 40 or 60 hours a week. Um, or look at porn 40 or 60 hours a week or drink until I blacked out or any of the other things I used to do that were kind of terrible destructive things so uh that that's my answer to that question so yeah these are these aren't the easy ones you know i mean <clears throat> i've been thinking about this um you know for me um i don't have as as um as much of a you know a specific incident or things that i that I see as painful for me, there was more of what I, um, what I deal with is just this, um, sort of low level insecurity that I've carried for most of my life that, um, just, just because I was a very different kind of kid than I think most of the people I grew up with. Um, you know, I grew up in a, you know, kind of a rural environment and, and, um, you know, most of the, most of the kids, you know, mostly my friends or, <clears throat> or at least my, you know, from when I was younger, the kid, kids that I grew up with were, you know, super into sports, um, you know, into a lot of like, you know, sort of adventure and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and for me, you know, I, I participated in those things, but it was never, I was never something I found very much passion in. And I found passion much more in, in, uh, you know, like, reading stories and I love to read and I devoured books and when all of my um you know when all of my my friends and um you know the kids in my grade at school were were outside doing a bunch of stuff or they're super excited about the next game or the next sport they were playing or whatever I was much more interested in disassembling um disassembling technology in in my room or in my garage you know taking apart VCRs and uh, you know, taking a, eventually building computers and transistors and soldering things together and all kinds of crazy stuff, which, you know, to, which these days I, I tell my kids, you know, like these days, all that stuff's like all that nerdy stuff is cool. Um, but when I was growing up, it was not cool. Um, and in fact, it was, I just kind of learned very early on that if I talked to pretty much anybody, especially adults about what I was excited about, I was judged very harshly. Like, you know, you know, why aren't, why aren't you normal? Like, why can't you just do what other kids do? And, 
And so I think for me, a lot of, a lot of uh, the pain that I block out or that I avoid is just a feeling that sort of the basic tenets of my personality and who I am are unacceptable. And so um, that's something that I, that I always come back to whenever there's judgment or wherever I, wherever I, wherever I find a place where I'm, I failed at something or I'm not doing as well as I, as I, you know, wanted to do, or I sort of come back to that deep seated. Well, is that because there's something wrong with you? Is it because that you're, you know, you're not masculine enough, you know, you're not like a, you know, a, you know, you don't like to hunt and kill stuff. And, you know, I mean, that just kind of bubbles up inside of me. So I think when, when I'm thinking about, you know, that, that idea of, you know, blocking pain, I think that's, that's really what I go back to is that feeling of being um, unacceptable or different than the normal and different in a bad way. And yeah. so it, it constantly is like a, it's like a little thing that, you know, runs, runs its thread through everything um, in my life. And uh, yeah, so that would be it for me. Yeah. A lot of the stuff you just mentioned pops up for my um, adult children of alcoholic friends, right? My friends who have like that I've met in the recovery rooms, especially celebrate recovery where it's kind of all of us recovering from everything. Uh, my friends who've had an addict in their lives, um, especially in their formative years have those things going on, right. Where like, there's this like perfectionism stuff or these other things that they did. Cause like in those, those units, everybody spins around the addict. Right. And we end up playing a role to do that so like that pops up in my life all the time uh because i had you know uh addicts that were parents and stuff and we end up doing these spinning around roles and trying to con you know control things so we can be okay and then, so that's um stuff i have to be really careful of too um because i'll get codependent especially with my wife and like codependent for me feels like it gets overused uh it's more along the lines of like um i start placing my well-being in how my wife feels about me right uh and then when i when i do that everything goes wrong pretty quickly because she's not god and like I'd be like why aren't you making me feel better like that, that's what you're supposed to be doing right and so um like i've had that argument with my wife before right and then had to come back and be like oh yeah i'm sorry i placed you in this spot where i was relying on you to make me be okay and like you actually can't do that um you know and that spends right so yeah i think <clears throat> i think sometimes the the term codependent gets gets thrown around where people are just kind of it's like almost like a and not like a humble brag but something where people are you know, it's like, well, you know, I just, I just work too hard. And you're like, well, you're, you don't really think that you think it's a virtue, but sometimes people say the same thing about like, oh, well, you know, sometimes I get a little codependent and he, and it's like, they're almost like, you know, cause I'm there, cause they're very helpful and not realizing that true codependency is, is not, is, is very dangerous. It's, it's not just having bad boundaries and not being able to say no to people. It's your identity being swept up in, in, in that. And, it, you know, it really actually 
sort of goes down the same line that, you know, of idolatry where we're, where we're putting something else or somebody else into the position that God is supposed to occupy. But yeah, yeah, I think for, for me, like the, both of my parents, both of my parents um, are the children of then come from sort of kind of messed up and abusive situations, uh, especially my mom, like more physically abusive. Um, you know, her, her father was, you know, I think they had severe PTSD and some alcoholism and all that stuff way before they knew what PTSD was. And she grew up in, I mean, she basically grew up in hell. She ran away when she was 16 and never went home. Um, you know, basically made her way across the United States from Ohio all the way out to California, I think hitchhiking. I was just nuts. Um, and then my dad, you know, it, it was very similar. It was more of a traditional environment, but his father was an alcoholic and, and, you know, a, just an all around rough dude. And so I think I have it, I have it from, you know, the extension of like, they're the kids who were super impacted by that. And at a time when people just didn't know, they just suspect, oh, you know, kids are resilient, that they had these patterns of behavior and these things that they probably believe. And then, you know, it, it kind of gets watered down a little bit. And so, I mean, my parents were fantastic um, and they, they were trying hard. They weren't perfect, but none of us are, but like, it still carries through. You know, the Bible says that, you know, sometimes it's like to the sixth, the seventh generation, these things can kind of come down family lines and, you know, decisions that have been made and sort of the curse that we allow on us and we have to, we have to get rid of those things. We have to rebuke and renounce them and, and uh, get out from underneath the power of them. But even, even a generation removed like me, I still feel it. Yeah. It's definitely that echoes of world war two, right? Um, uh, those that came back from world war two, so many of them are so broken and didn't get what they needed to be able to be okay. And it just echoes through, um, following generations right so you can see it um all throughout there right so um but you know that's why we're having conversations you and i have so hopefully we can make the world a smidge better better place as we uh march through it so um all right has anything we discussed brought you a new perspective or helped you well, I'll take, I'll take that one on I, just, just thinking about, it. I mean, um, if I, if I go back to everything that we've discussed in the entire time we've known each other, I could have a really long, long laundry list. Um, but I think on that same topic of, um, I, I think, you know, speaking to people in my life, some of them have, you know, very different, um, opinions about this whole work of like oh, going through and, you know, looking into your past or, or looking really introspectively at, at the way and why you do things. And, and, you know, a lot of them are like, oh yeah, it's a waste of time. Like, you know, you just get stuck in this circle and like, why do I want to dredge up the past and all these things? And I think there's a, there's a feeling. And I, I think when, when I first started this journey, I had that same feeling of like, well, I don't want, I don't want to engage in something that is putting the blame on other people and absolving me of responsibility. Like I need to take responsibility for my own life. But what I've learned, one of the big lessons I've learned through doing, you know, these inventories and, or, you know, really looking deep inside to see where things, you know, why I feel the way I do and and doing the work of getting emotionally healthy is that it, it does, it's not about absolving yourself of blame. It's about, you can't build on something 
unless you know what is there. You know, you, you when you're, we're, it's like we build all the, our lives on top of a foundation that has cracks and flaws. And we have to be honest about why those cracks and flaws are there. And it's not about blaming our parents or blaming this other person and making it all about them. It's not about them. It's, it's about, I need to build my life on something. And I need to, you know, all these things, all these relationships I have are stacked on top of this foundation of who I am. And then I have to go back into that and be like, are there cracks in the foundation? Are there things that I'm building on top of? Are there lies that I'm believing that I've told myself that I now are affecting my relationships, affecting my parenting, affecting my job, you know, all these different areas of my life. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is that the, the work that you do to self-examination and to examine your past, and really give inventory what you have to work with is key to, to having a stable, you know, stable relationships. Um, and so that's, that's been a big one for me instead of, you know, feeling like this, Oh, you know, it's something that I do that, Oh, well, you know, if I were only stronger, I wouldn't need to do this. It's like, no, actually everybody needs to do this. Um, everybody needs to know what they have to work with and where they're, where the points are, where they really need the Lord to come in and, and, and sort of fill the cracks. So if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, what I, what I learn from this isn't so much like some deep spiritual insight. It is, um, this deep, deep respect for, uh, what people have gone through, what's going on in people's lives. And like each time I talk to people about these things, um, I, I just have a deeper respect for what people go through in life and the pain and suffering that they're in and like how our past affects, um, our perspective, how the things that have happened to us, like, like really affect our perspective of God and who he is, um, and just how hard like some of this work is right how hard the struggle is to give our will over to god how hard it is to like just like do some of this stuff right is it's really difficult things to wrestle with and and come and so that's that's what i learn each time is like just how much god loves us and how much he enjoys and honors that relationship and that struggle of coming to an understanding so we can follow after him better and and be better in our ways that we love on people out in the world right so um that's yeah. that's what Absolutely. i learned continuously so I'll, i want to add one more thing as uh -huh. we were talking about the other thing that i think is my personality i like to compare myself to other people constantly you know it's just a background process that's always running um and that it's it's actually comforting to know that because i mean my i can fall into this thing of everybody else is perfect and i need to you know i need to basically reflect that same perfection so when we go through the process of talking to other people and and it's is that you know, everybody's got their stuff you know everybody the, the universality of the human experience is that there is sin and death and suffering. And there's, 
it's just that's universal to everyone's experience, you know, to some to different degrees. But everyone has their thing. Everyone has their stuff. There's no perfect people out there who have a perfect life, who you know we're aspiring to this level of you know, of, of perfection to be like them. It doesn't matter what they look like on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, how much money they have. Everybody has their own stuff. Everybody's insecure. Everybody is walking wounded. Everybody is a cracked pot. Um, and that's comforting to me because it, 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 you don't feel so alone. I remember, you know, like when we were going through COVID, Tyler, my, my friend and I, you know, we were, the elders of this little church plant, you know, we've since our teams expanded a little bit, but, you know, we were homeless, you know, kicked out of the school that we were meeting in. And then, you know, Todd, you were there with us, you know, and, you know, we were, we were meeting in the evenings at a, at a church, you know, setting up every week. And we, I just felt like we felt so isolated, but then we would talk to other people, other pastors that are in our sphere and, and like they had it even worse than we did. Some of them, I, I know one of our friends was meeting outside in on a lawn, you know, of this area where they used to be able to be in the school. And then like, they didn't, they wouldn't even open the bathrooms. So like people had to literally come to church service, stay through. And then if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to leave and go home or like leave and go somewhere else. And so, I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, at least we have a bathroom, you know? Yeah. And so there's an element of that, you know, like, of of the the camaraderie of knowing that you're not the only one who's suffering with something so yep okay so now now we get into the difficult part that i've been wrestling with for i don't know like eight weeks now that since we started the podcast of how do i present this next part well and that is the concept of doing a spiritual inventory and I'll, I'll start off with the uh, verse that goes with uh, doing it. And it, that is, uh, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Um, but it, it, for me, like, the, this is where all the stuff begins to be able to really, really gain freedom. Um in a way that's remarkable so that we can be free of these things. Right. So, um, there's the story from my life that, that I want to talk about is this is so from my family of origin, I had all these things that had been done to me and this way of being, um, I just had these landmines in my life, right. Where my wife would do something um she would step on the landmine and i would have this huge emotional reaction and like 95 percent of it was the reaction from the pain of the landmine going off in my life and and all the things that had happened from that uh memory coming back and five percent of it or less would be like the emotional reaction i should have had to julia my wife so and it could be as innocuous as like why didn't you clean the kitchen? Or it could be just like the way she said something and the, her intonation reminded me of a time when abuse happened or a time that something like really wrong happened in my life. And all I could feel was the pain from that in my past. Um, you may not have that like 
big thing, but there's probably stuff in your life where it happens and your reaction isn't appropriate to the situation. Um, and you know it's not appropriate to the situation, but you can't stop it, right? And so that for me is like like the biggest, when I talk about gaining freedom, like I can't tell you how amazing it is to live, live life and not have like people trip over landmines where I have like this emotional explosion, like how much freedom there is in that. Um, you know, and like, you know, there, I was completely incapable of dealing with people who were angry. Um, I was completely incapable of dealing with people, uh, who were manipulative. Um, I was completely incapable of dealing with people, um, who, uh, like had some like like narcissistic traits where they had to like dominate a conversation and they had to make it all about them and like had all these really large emotional reactions to things that were there and like they didn't even have to have much of it if even if it just popped up a little bit i would get really angry or really upset or like have to shut down and like walk away and you know that that is that's not a very good way to live, right? And at least it wasn't for me. Um, but but that that's like the best illustration I can for my own personal life. Um, but but really, what it is is like, you know, and the and the things that uh, that we talked about several weeks ago, where we talked about the promises, right? And we talked about you know, that we will realize that no ladder, no matter how far down the ladder we have come, have come that our experience will benefit others, right? Well, this is where that, that starts right here, right? Because we, 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 we actually gain like a power over our experiences so that they can benefit others. And it starts right here. So instead of those experiences, like harming us over and over again, they become a treasure that is something we get to share with others. So, um, this is so like, there's a lot of work that happens to gain those promises, but like it all kind of starts right here. So, um, yeah, it's someone I liken that to, you know, that we all are walking around with a tool belt. And, you know, we, we have different tools because of our past, because of our past experiences, what we've dealt with, and especially what we've overcome, you know, when we overcome something and find victory in it, then, you know, we then have that tool that we can help others with. And I think that's, it's very true. It's, it seems kind of, it sounds kind of, kind of prosaic or, oh, you know, it's like, but you know, there have been based on the struggles that I've had in my life and based on the areas that I've, you know, I've gone through the hard work of like dealing with them and kind of coming through it. Like that gives me a unique perspective in my sphere of influence, the people that I deal with every day or have, you know, can speak into their lives. That gives me the ability to be a resource for them. Um, and so that's the, that's where we can sort of transform something that was horrible that happened in our life. That was not good into something that can be used and redeemed for good. Um, when yeah. we, but the first to unlock that we have first have to admit it and we have to be okay with the people knowing that, that it happened to us 
and that we and what the and be honest about what it what kind of damage it caused in our life and then what we had to walk through because you know we bring the light into something and then it it, it dispels the darkness but as long as we keep it secret um it continues to hold and hold power and sway over us yeah so that idea of the inventory yeah because if you want to have victory you have to at first admit that that's there and then you can before you can defeat it yeah um the other promise that starts right here is we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it like like my past is a wide open door now that i can go back and access and, and like really benefit me um so that's the other one that is the the promise that starts right here um but you know it's it's difficult work and i honor the fact that it's difficult work um and you might be saying but todd i just struggled with these other three concepts a lot that's like kind of the the rolling foothills before you get to the cliff to go start like the big climb right so um but you know we have god who's gonna like get us through it and, and help us through situations um and, and navigate stuff like god is going to give you the strength to do this i i know it for sure so um so with that i just kind of want to go over like what a inventory looks like what i did so i drew out uh five columns in a um graph note uh um binded uh notebook uh and i had one column uh that said the person and that's like the object of my resentment or fear or anger uh like so i had a really 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 long list of people um uh, including myself i had businesses i had former bosses i had you know it was a lot like there um, I'm actually looking at my inventory right now from, you know, you guys can't see it, but there, so there's a cause. It's like, what specific action did that person take that hurt me? Like, what is it that was there? Then the effect, what, what effect did that have on my life? How did it harm me? Um, you know, the damage, what damage did it cause, uh, to my basic social, uh, life, my security or my sexual instincts? Like what damage did that cause? How did how did that change the way I view the world and like in some really negative ways? And then my part, what part of my resentment am I responsible for? You know, in some places in here, like if you were like me and you went through childhood abuse, like they don't really have any part, right? And some of those things took me months to actually get through, realizing I didn't have a part. Um, but ultimately for me, like I said, I was a gunshot victim that had like 50 other things going wrong. My inventory ended up being 37 pages. So not sure how many of you out there are going to have things like that as well. Um, I also encourage you, if you start doing this, to write down positive things, right? Like, um, you know, one of the things I wrote down was like, you know, my parents took me water skiing for a really long period of time when I was like young that would be like tournament water skiers and like the tenacity to learn how to make it through the solemn course and learn how to 
go over the jump ramp and land. Um, the tenacity that was born in me from doing those hard, hard tasks has served me my entire life. Like it, it's made all the difference for me in my life. So, you know, even though there are some people in my life that harmed me greatly, they also did some things that were incredibly beneficial for me. And so as you do the inventory, like, even if it's like the worst person ever, if you can just get one little sliver in there of like, well, they did this, that was good for me. Um, that, that helps some, and then there's, there's going to be some people that just didn't right, And that's fine. Um, but having some slivers in there, or if there was a person like that sustained you and like came into your life and it was like, clearly God helping you through your life, like acknowledge like, Oh, here, there was this one person who always listened to me when I was sad or, or always loved on me. Like, put that in there too um in the inventory because that will help you see it won't will help sustain you going through the rest of it right um um because this can get can get really hard right where you're like todd why am i keep on doing this why am i on another page like why did you ask me to do this so um so that's that that is there so i i know logan you have i don't think you've necessarily done an inventory but like all the stuff that's popped up in our own like in our conversations like say the first one uh when we were back traveling from fresno the one we talked about in our first first conversation uh in this podcast right um where you're getting angry right and you actually kind of went and did work on it right it's not like you 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 kind of did all this stuff intuitively. We didn't talk about it, but you kind of went and owned it in your life, right? So I don't know. Well, uh, well I what's your benefit, perspective? I had on the this benefit one, of so. you uh, allowing me to do do an auditory uh, inventory through, like over the process of like a year or two. Um, I think a lot of that was when we would get together. Todd and I used to get together at least once a week for lunch, just to just to hang out and talk. And a lot of that was, I think, me doing that inventory of you know and of it was sort of this backward mapping of instead of who was it what did they do what was the cause all this kind of stuff it was like working backwards of going i'm experiencing this thing in my life and then through conversation todd and i going back and going like where is that coming from what's what's that you know oh, oh you know oh and then getting back to the specific thing that sort of kicked that off in my life so I've, yeah. I don't have the experience of doing the formal list, which I do, but I do think that that's, and that is a, that is something that I'm going to, going to be doing this week. I don't know if I'm going to get to 37 pages, but I no, I mean, just because I know it takes a, a ton of time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we all have those things. We all have those things in our past um, that, that still affect us. And, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten a lot more mature from an emotional perspective by, by going through that process. Yeah. And so like, um, honestly, I like, well, like being around the rooms of recovery and talking about this stuff for a long period of time. My, my honest thing is, is like, all the people I've seen really thoroughly accomplish the things we talked about first. I'm not God. 
There is a God who loves and cares for me. I'm going to give him complete control of my life and make him Lord of my heart. All the people I've seen do that, get through this step and continue, right? Everybody I've seen who's relapsed and and had really hard times hit again and like and all their behaviors pop back up. They did not do those first three steps. They especially step three, they did not give their will over to Christ's care and control. And they took it back. That's you know, it's a continuous thing. It's that living sacrifice. It's that always putting ourselves back on the altar over and over and over again. Um that's how we get through it and do it. But it's hard because like, you know, we have perspectives there, right? But um I know that there's gonna be freedom for everybody who goes and does this, right? Like I know the freedom I got from it. Um and I also know like doing this fed back into that step one really well because like after I had this really thorough inventory of who I was and what I did and how I debased myself to be able to like like you know go pursue my addictions in the past and like all that stuff right like getting a really clear view of exactly how out of control my life was after I did this and so it's like really easy for me to be like oh yeah like like I, I have no hope unless I'm giving my will over to God because like look at this like I have that it's like it's saved it's 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 put away so a couple other things we have to co- do on this right you have to protect this document it's not to fall into somebody else's hands don't leave it out where like a kid can read it that's your kid don't leave it out where your wife or her husband can read it right some of the things that you're going to be struggling in there emotion wise isn't something that you share with the uh, a significant other yet right you like there like if your husband and you're angry with your wife over something like you know what like she doesn't need to read that today right you need to learn how to do all the other stuff so you can make an amends to her for that and do that well so you're not harming her and not harming yourself but you have to be honest with how you're feeling right now right so like you know what protect this document extraordinarily well don't don't share it you know if you do it on a computer do it on some like super locked file uh that's encrypted like just take care of this one right like it's super super important uh and even like say five years from now after you've done all this work like you know make sure it's still protected then because you know um this emotional state that we're in um and these these feelings and actions we may be taking or struggling with right they could really harm others and we don't want to do that you know we want to own who we are and what we do well but that is you have we have to go through a bunch of other stuff to get to the point where we have the capacity to own these things well so just Take very, very, very close care of this stuff so you don't harm other people. And they're like, what are you doing? Why are you listening to this podcast? Or why are you, what, you're struggling with that? Like, no. So take care with it. Um, Like, it's not going to be the secret thing. It's going to be a thing that 
that at the proper time, uh, you can talk about it in the proper way where you're not injuring another. And so it's not about keeping a secret. It is about learning how to do this process well so we don't harm others. Yeah, I mean, th there's steps for a reason, right? I mean, you have to, at a certain point, you have to trust the process. And yeah. you, you, you have yet to, to learn how to deal with the information. You just need the information so that you can begin the process. It's not yeah. a, a battle card to then go, you know, you know, to dredge up a bunch of stuff from the, from the past and then go have, you know, start a bunch of fights with people about it. It's like, you need to find out, look at your foundation, see what you're working with, see where the cracks are. And then we'll go through the process of going through the steps of, of what to do with that so that it can be done in a healthy way. Yep. So, and, um, resources like if you want to like if you just do like four step aa columns you'll that column thing will pop up so you can see it uh, there's a lot of things out there if you wanted to do it they can go into that in more detail um you know what i think i don't have it done yet but eventually we're going to need to get a website and some better ways to communicate with us up and going so I'll be working on that over the next couple of weeks. So that is there as a resource for everybody as well. Um, and I think it's time to share our really fun questions for next week. Um, so our questions for next week are two really fun ones. Who have you harmed? And the other one is who has harmed you? So, um, I may not be here next week just because of those questions. Uh, I might decide to, to maybe uh, do what did how did Dell get out of today? You know, training, vacation, whatever. No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just um, kidding. it's very important questions to uh, it is. Uh, to answer. Um, it's something that I ask myself every day and take a list every day. That's something we'll cover eventually that we get to that stuff where we're doing it every day. But yeah, it's it's a really important thing to do to investigate. So, um, you know, it's been a good emotional podcast again this week, and um, I'll let uh, Logan if you'd pray us out. That'd be fantastic. And but thank you all so much for continuing to listen and come on this wild, crazy adventure with us. So. Lord, we just, again, we just give you this time, Lord, we just pray that these, the words that, that we say and that we, um, that we listen to, Lord, that they would just, um, they'd have a great impact in our lives. Lord, I pray that the, the, the heart behind them would be what is communicated. Um, there wouldn't be any confusion. Lord, as we do the difficult work of, of looking into our past and, and taking an inventory of the things that we've done and the things that have been done to us. Lord, I just pray that you would season everything that we do with grace, um, grace, forgiveness, um, and just that the comfort of knowing that you exist and that you love us and that you have so many promises for our future um, and that you are faithful to uh, make those promises come to fruition. Lord, we just thank you and give you all the glory for the transformation of the lives that we've seen and the transformation of lives that will happen in the future. Amen. Amen.